One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Let's open up in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here this evening. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and receive fresh rain from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Say amen. Praise God. What is your name? Say, get your Bible out. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay. Uh, can you, Brother Greg, is it is this sounding good online? Uh, the online part? I was getting, my son said it was an echo or something, so is it, is it all good online? Yeah, you got the sound, so that's, uh, anyway, <laughs> that's funny. Texting me, man. Hopefully it's good. Praise God. You, you got it back there, so there you go. Might have been in the beginning, but anyway, praise the Lord. Well, um, let's uh, let's get into this. It's Wednesday night. We're always preaching on faith, and so uh, faith is important. And that's right. Truth, right? Yes, Amen. Amen. All right, and so uh, I've already prayed. So you got your word. Out, amen, and and this is what's going to make all the difference in our lives. And so uh, I'm going to preach this message tonight entitled "Promises, Not Pity." Promises, not pity. And so, um, and once again, it's Faith Academy, so we're always going to get stuff that's going to help us, help us to grow, help us to develop, build, get stronger. How many know God's got a place that He's taking you? Yeah. Come on, you're not there yet, amen. Y'all in here with me? Come on. You're, you're not there yet because if you were there, uh, you'd be in heaven. And so now that you're here in the earth, you got to know God has taken me somewhere and I'm willing to receive everything that he has for me so that I can get there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, so promises, not pity. So let's go to Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter one, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All right. Okay, so uh, let's get into this. I'm excited about what God is doing. So he says, for all, what's all mean? So, you know, we always kind of get into these simple words, huh? It's like these simple words that cannot be confused with any translation. You can look it up in the Hebrew and Greek and all, whatever you want to do. All means all. And we just need to understand that for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So what this means is every promise that God has made, every promise that God has made, it gets the yes. So meaning we get to participate in that through Jesus, amen. And so if I belong to Jesus, then I can 
claim promises. You know what it is to claim a promise? It's one thing to hear about it. But how many know you could hear about good health? You, you can hear about, uh, well, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Third John 2, you can hear about it, but it's something else when you claim it. Amen. When you, when you claim it, you start talking about, oh, that belongs to me. Amen. So guess what? I'm prospering. Come on. My body's healthy and my mind is strong. Oh, come on. Anybody up in here with me? And so that's how you claim it. Now, you can know about it, hear about it, but because you're in Jesus, you can claim it. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And so a promise, what is a promise? A promise is a declaration that something will or will not be done. Now, there's, you know, people break promises. Can I get amen right there? People say they're going to do something, put their word on it, but don't come through. But that's not the way God is. So a promise is a declaration that something will or will not be done, given, etc. So it's like uh, as a parent, you know, I was never one that would promise my kids something and then not give it to them. How many know you you messing up your your word? Amen. Your word is your bond. And so you can't say I'm going to give you this. And then when that time comes around. You reneging uh, that you can't do that. And so, see, promises are taken serious. Right. And so it's like uh, you promise to whatever, be there for that person or or support that person or be dependable, things like that. And so that's a declaration. So you're decreeing it that something will or will not be done. So I will do that or I will not. Amen. There's people who say, I promise I won't. Whatever. Or I promise I will. Whatever. And so um, it's also given. So something that is given. And so people say, look, I promise that after I do this or that, I'm going to give that back to you. Amen. Come on. You you ever had somebody borrow something from me and they say, well, you know what? I promise I'm going to give it back. I mean, y'all been like, well, where's my stuff? I'm just saying, you know, you just borrow. You know what I'm saying? You said you want to borrow that and you promise you're going to give it back. But how come I'm having to track you down? Come on to get my stuff back. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And and so that's when we think about this, this is uh, a declaration that something will or will not be done. And it's really by someone. And so the person offering the promise. Right. And so now this is going to uh, set your expectation. It's based on who is saying this. And so uh, it's also an express assurance on which expectation is to be based and express assurance on which expectation is to be based. You know why a lot of people get disappointed? Because they're expecting from people. Amen. They're expecting people to come through. They're expecting people to do what they say. They're expecting people to fix something for them. But our expectation is not to be on people. See, it didn't say for all of the promises of man are yea and in him, amen. It said all the promises of God. So I don't need to know what man said. I need to find out what God said, amen. I need to get a hold of that quick to where it shapes my expectations. How many of y'all wake up every day talking about, I know God's going to do it today. Oh, man, come on. How many of you done got up in the morning and said, I know it's going to be a good day because God's in control. Well, that's you setting your expectation, right? And so it's, Um, and express assurance on which expectation is based. It's easier to set your expectations when people come through. 
So you can speak good of someone if you know their track record. You say, oh, no, he, oh, no, he going to be here. Don't worry about it. No, he said he coming. Oh, no, he going to be here. Come on, how many of y'all know some people like that? Some, oh, no, if he said it, oh, you, you best believe he going to show up. Then you know some other people. Oh, he said he come. Oh, well, 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 you got, you know, you got some other people, too, because if he does come, he going to be late. Amen. Come on, how I many know that ain't no good waiting on somebody and they always late? And you don't even know if they're coming. Amen. Well, see, we set our expectations on God, then now it brings us more peace and a confidence that can't be shaken. And so go to Numbers, Numbers 23, 19. Now we can do this because we know, we know how many of y'all know your God? So he says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make good? So what does that mean? Oh, God's going to act according to his word. If God puts his word out there on it, he's got to do it. Amen. He's got to. So we're talking about promises and not pity. And so who are the promises coming from? They're coming from God, who is not a man that he should lie. They're coming from God who cannot lie. Amen. Amen. Titus one, two. He cannot lie. And so now I can take that and say, well, God promised it. So I can trust in that. Amen. And now go to Psalm 62, five, Psalm 62, five, King James. So it says, my soul. What is that? Your mind, your will and your emotions. And so what happens? The enemy shoots fiery darts at your mind. And so he tries to get you to uh, think about something not happening and this going wrong. And then he tries to bombard you. But then what happens if you're living in this revelation where you say, my soul. Oh, come on, y'all. We got to get personal with this. My soul wastes out only upon God. And so the devil gets you to be disappointed, upset about people. But then you tell the devil, I'm not waiting on them people. I never put my hope in them people anyway. Because my soul waits out only upon God for my expectation. Huh? So as a Christian, you got to learn early on. That I'm going to expect from God. And for some people, I've done this in counseling And I'm not apologizing for it because it's true. For some people, you got to lower your expectations to zero. So that way, if they happen to come through, it's a bonus. But you've already lowered that thing and you say, well, I'm not expecting them to do nothing. You see what I'm saying? That way you don't get disappointed. But for God, though, God will challenge you. God will say, Find my word and stand on it and see what I do for you. Oh, but where people run into problems, they don't know how to find the word. They're not finding the promises because they're so worried about these emotions and letting these other things take over. And that's why I got to preach these things so that we stay on track. And so we're going to wait on God. My soul waits out only upon God for my expectation is from him. I'm talking about I'm expecting God. How are you going to get out of that situation? God's going to do it. Oh, yeah, brother. But, you know, what about, you know, what if? 
I took my mind off of what if when I put my mind on Jesus. Amen. When I put my mind on Jesus, all the what if went out the window. Amen. Because I listen, the just shall live by faith. I'm only out here by faith. I can't make it without God. Amen. Now, God will use people. That's cool. And God will bring different people in your path and he'll use them to help you. But you never once depended on them. All the, the whole time you've been depending on him. Amen? Amen. And so now that's promises. But now we're focusing on promises and not pity. So what is pity? Pity is motivated. It's, it's really an emotion, but it's motivated by a sense of sympathy uh, for others and even for yourself. You, you ever met people that they just seem pitiful? Oh, man. And how about this? Have you ever felt like that yourself? And we being honest, this adult church, well, you felt like that yourself. You, you know, you got that woe is me on there and you're feeling sorry for yourself. Amen. Well, uh, that self-pity is dangerous. And so it's okay to have compassion for other people. And I'm always sharing this. You could be empathetic towards someone. But just don't let their circumstance that they're in weigh you down to where now you cannot help them. But what are you doing with them having a pity party? And so misery loves company. And so what miserable, miserable people want to do is they want to talk to you about their misery. But see, if you start telling them stuff like, oh, don't worry about it. Matter of fact, let me pray for you right now because I believe God can come through for you. I believe I know how to get a hold of God and he can bring a change in your situation right now. All of a sudden, they don't want to talk to you about their problems no more. Oh, what you don't. You know, next thing you know, you ask them, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Because they don't want no prayer. They want to complain with somebody. They want to have a pity party. They don't want no deliverance and breakthrough. Amen. And so because it's motivated, that that thing is getting dominant. It's, it's, it's bad and it's pulling people down. The enemy is using that. But that self-pity is dangerous. And what will that do? That self-pity will have you feeling sorry for yourself. Here's another thing that I have you doing. Complaining about circumstances. Complaining about circumstances. Why am I going to let something that is subject to change get me down? It's subject to change. Have you guys ever had a situation that looked bad and then it turned around? It didn't say it wasn't uh, a sentence for the rest of your life. And so uh, but that self that self pity is dangerous because it'll have you feeling sorry for yourself, complaining about your circumstances. And now one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to try to get you to look through the wrong lenses. This is key, man. I'm giving you guys nuggets that'll help you. The enemy always wants you to look through the wrong lenses. And so you see things that you should not see and the things that you should see, you don't see them. Because now that negativity has come upon you. And so when you're looking through the wrong lenses, this is dangerous because instead of seeing promises, you only see problems. How I many know there is gold in them hills, man? Come on, somebody. There are diamonds up in them hills. 
Sometimes you got to go up in them hills. Sometimes you might not see the diamonds yet. You might just see the dirt and terrain. But how many know you got to focus and say, Lord, let me see because I believe there's some diamonds up in here. Huh? And guess what God will do? He'll build character in you. And so when the enemy's trying to break you down and have you be discouraged, you decide I'm focusing on the promises. So what happens is as as I go through something. Right. And then that's what James says. Count it all joy when you fall into various temptations and all that type of stuff for the testing of your faith produces patience. But then when that thing kicks in, that patience starts to take over. It says that you will be entire wanting nothing. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But if I don't do it his way, guess what I'm going to do? Still want because it ain't going to be right because I needed to go through something so that my character can be developed so that I can be more patient that so that I could be one that says, hold on. I'm not about to put on them wrong lenses. See, I already know God's still on the throne. Amen. If, if you just back it down to the simple, you say, I know my God is still in control. My God is undefeated. He did not retire. So let me just go ahead and ease back. And then you start to realize that's where my expectation is anyway. Amen. And so it's about growth. It's about us uh, progressing. It's about us going forward and advancing. But we got to trust God's process, right? Amen. L- let me just give them that bonus scripture. How many of y'all know where that James, is it James 1, 7 or something? Count it all joy. Somewhere in James 1. Bible scholars just find it. James 1, 7 or 1 something. And then uh, we just, I want to just give you guys that because sometimes those type of scriptures, we like to avoid those. Two through four. Okay. James one. One, two. One, two. Okay. So, yeah, James one, two, he says, um, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And so that's that's test. That's temptations. You know, that's uh, temptation is not just like I'm tempted to lust or tempted like that. It's tempted even to doubt to doubt God and to let frustration rise up in you and stuff like that my brother encountered all joy when you uh, fall into divers temptations meaning various temptations next verse verse three knowing this that the trying of your faith was to do works patience so your faith has to be tested that's what that word try means and then next verse But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And so what does that mean? God's going to bring it around to where it's better for me than it could have been. Come on. Had I not exercised patience. Amen. I mean, sometimes it's better to just wait a little bit longer. And then now God makes it that much better. Amen. And so if things are coming at you, don't allow those things to put you in a place where now you're looking through the wrong lenses. And so once again, if you're looking through the wrong lenses, instead of seeing promises, you'll only see problems, obstacles. You'll see obstacles and not opportunities. Amen. Listen, there's all obstacles 
can be used as stepping stones. God can use that situation to get you to a higher level. And also, you'll see delays instead of divine timing. Amen. How many know God's got divine timing? We see it as a delay. We see it as, oh man, I wish this would have happened already. But then God has a divine timing. And when his divine timing kicks in, there's no sorrow added with it. Come on. There's no back end problems. Come on, somebody. There's, oh, come on, somebody. You you might have wanted to get the car already, but God knew if you would have got that car, then the transmission was going to fall out in two weeks. Amen. And so he wants you to ease back so he can get you on with a good transmission. How ah. I many know we don't have x-ray vision like Superman? So we look at stuff. Oh, it looks good to me. And the devil knows how to make it look good and, and make it appeal to what? Your senses, which is a part of your carnal nature and not your spirit man. But when you learn to trust God, then you don't settle. Then you say, I'm going to get God's best. Amen. And so I'm not worried about no delays because I'm interested in God's divine timing. And so what we must do is we must lock into the king. Look at your name and say, you got to lock in. Lock in, man. We got to lock in. We can't. Listen, it's just like the racehorse. When the racehorse is running, they got the blinders on them because if they look over there, it's about to be a wreck. And so we cannot do that. We got to be locked in. And how many know you got to look to God and what God has for you and not what he's doing for your neighbor. Come on, somebody. You can't be looking over there where they getting this and that. No, what they got is what they got, but what has he got for you? In order for you to do that, you got to lock in. I'm staying on, I'm staying on Jesus. I'm not going to uh, look to the right. I'm not going to look to the left. I'm locked into the king. And now I want you to know it's never about how bad things look. That's such a, I'm telling you, I've seen God do so many miraculous things in my life. It's never about how bad things look. It's about how good God is. Oh, y'all need to hear that tonight. It's never about how bad things look. It's always about how good God is. But you got to know that. If you know that God is good, you got to know that according to his word. Amen. Come on, somebody. Don't try to uh, say God is good based on how you feeling today. Because your feelings change. But the fact that God is good, if it says it in the word, then it's true and it's going to be true next week, just like it is this week. And so what I need to do is I need to get myself to listen and obey the word and not my feelings and my emotions and all this stuff that's subject to change. So it's not about how bad things look. It's always about how good God is. So go to Psalm 105, or excuse me, Psalm 100, verse 5, NLT. For the Lord is good. Y'all in here with me? So that Lord capital, all caps, that's talking about God. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues. So let me just help you to understand some words. What does unfailing mean? Oh, so his unfailing love. And so what if, well, well, I don't feel love today. What that got to do with God? Oh, y'all, I want to, 
uh, people see, and that's where that self-pity and all that stuff gets people in trouble because they will back themselves up into a corner. But the truth is, God loves you just as much right now when you feel like things aren't going right. And when you get on the mountaintop and you feel like everything is great, you're on top of the world. His love for you is the same. It never changed. Amen. And so your feelings and your emotions change based on what you're going through. But if you could just back it up and say, listen, I'm going to focus on promises and not pity. I'm not I'm not looking. I'm not about to be sorry for myself or I'm not doing all that. Let me get the promises because the promises don't change. And so even when you might feel like you're in a low moment, the same God that's loving you in the low moment is blessing somebody and they're in the high moment. Amen. And it's the same love. He don't love them any different because they're in a high moment. So if you start to understand that, you'll be consistent. He said, nevertheless, I trust you, Lord. I'm not worried about it because you don't even know how to fail. He says, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues. How long? Forever. Wait, but but you woke up today in a bad mood. I'm just saying. I'm just saying you woke up today, man, because, you know, uh, you didn't get no good sleep and all that and stuff ain't going right for you. Uh, but you woke up in a bad mood. What's that got to do with God? Oh, see, there's a pressure in us. When we start getting in scriptures like this and stuff like this, we start saying, oh, so what you're saying, Pastor, is you, you're, saying, you're saying it's not God's fault? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so then, uh, so then uh, we, are you saying it's my fault? Yeah, it's your fault, man. I'm, just, I'm going to go ahead and just let that be known. It's on you. It's never on God. It's already been written about God. It's already written out. So he is who he is. He don't know how to act outside of this. You know what we're never going to be able to do is go to God and say, God, God, you lied. You said if I did this and that, we ain't never going to be able to go to him like that because he's always true to his word. Amen? Amen. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to what? Each generation. What if I teach this to my kids? Oh, man, what if, you mean to tell me this is going to work for my kids? Look, my kids, kids. If I can teach them this stuff and that's what you want to do, teach them. Don't teach them uh, uh, all this emotional stuff. Don't teach them all the stuff that the world is pushing and letting. Don't don't let them think it's OK to act certain ways. It's OK for you to no forget all that. Teach them the book, man. Teach them the promises. Show them how to line their life up with this. Because guess what? For generations to come, they're going to be able to, you know, for the Lord is good, was there in 1900. What? Y'all remember the Great Depression? See, we, we casually speak about bad economy, but we ain't experienced no Great Depression. You know what I'm saying? We, we kind of casually speaking sometimes people prophesy this stuff they say oh you know it's uh, doom and gloom and the the money value is going down and all that man they ain't never experienced that well all they got to eat is beans i'm talking about one can for the whole family and we're gonna have to have some leftovers out of this they haven't experienced that 
But you know what was still true during the Great Depression? For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. So you know what was happening? There were still miracles manifesting. Come on. There were people that were in poverty, but then there were other people that were receiving manna from heaven. Come on, somebody. There were other people that were getting stuff. Come on. Getting stuff sent to them. Get, they were, God was putting them on the hearts and minds of others, and they were being blessed in the bad situation. Why? Because for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each. I'm not talking about no new God. I'm not, we're not talking about no new stuff. This is the same stuff God been doing all along. People getting, been getting financial miracles forever. People been getting healed forever. This ain't nothing new. And so what the devil does is he knows he can't change God. So he tries to shift your focus. He tries to get you to listen to people. That's why I'm big on, listen, I'm not against prophecy and all that stuff. God uses it. But I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I've been telling you for a long time, all that doom and gloom. Come on, somebody. That ain't the time of, that we're in right now. We're not in that time. We're not in that time of doom and gloom. It's all about to go down and all that. That's not our, come on, somebody. Uh, uh, we're the miracle generation. We're in that time where we're supposed to say, hey, man, let me just help you get your, your focus on God. That way you can expect great things to come into your life. Because how I many know somebody's got to be prospering in this world? And, and, and it might as well be you. It might as well be me. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And now. And so when somebody say this whole city's about to go down, I'm not I'm not over there. I'm not listening to that. Because I believe. We have too much good yet to fulfill because if everything goes wrong now, God is a liar. Oh, y'all, y'all not listening to me. Y'all, y'all not willing to go out there with me. So if it all fails now, God has to have lied to us. Because we're going to start to experience miraculous wonders happening on the regular. How many know if God his power and his presence was on Peter in such a way where by his shadow, folks was getting healed. How many know, ain't nobody got healed by your shadow yet, so we ain't done. Oh, come on, somebody. We not finished yet because you ain't walked through somewhere and they got healed by your shadow. So if that ain't happened yet, then you better stop looking at this doom and gloom. We got, I'm talking about folks getting saved. Just by your presence. Come on. How I many know you could walk up in a supermarket and your line falls out in the Holy Ghost? I mean, y'all, oh, man. Oh, That's what we're supposed to focus on, man. It's supposed to be, come on. Jesus says, John 14, uh, 10, he says, the Father does the work. But then he says, John 14, 12, but greater works than these shall you do. Greater works than what? What was Jesus doing? How many of y'all in here or online have raised somebody from the dead? Oh, I can't get no amen. Oh, but pastor, I think we're coming down to the end. Well, who you? He said greater works than these shall you do. So when these greater works going to manifest then in heaven? Is that what's going to happen? We're going to, is it going to manifest in heaven? 
So then our expectations should be set to where, uh, Lord, I'm ready to raise somebody from the dead. See what I'm saying? Man, how many of y'all ready for some money to start disappearing? I mean, I'm just, oh. See, it's the wrong lenses. The enemy tries to get you to look through the wrong lenses. The church is not supposed to be expecting failure in this hour. We're supposed to be expecting great manifestation. Why? Because the Lord is good. Amen. He's good. And his unfailing love continues for all generations. Amen. And so I'm going to encourage you to lock in. Focus on what you should be focused on. Go to Psalm 34, 8 now. Psalm 34, 8. Old taste. That's that's the problem. A lot of people have heard, but they haven't tasted. Listen, you got to know God is good for yourself. You can't just go on what somebody else said. You can't go on the fact that, oh, yeah, my grandmother, she's always talking about God. And I just, you know, I know something about God, but you don't know he's good for yourself. When you know it for yourself, he says, oh, taste and see. How you going to know if he's good? You got to taste. You got to put yourself in a position where you call on God. And you can say, well, Lord, if you're real, I need you to show up. But a lot of people don't challenge God like that. Amen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What's his word say? What's the next word? Mm-mm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, wow. There you go. Blessed is the man, that includes woman, that's speaking of mankind. Blessed is the man that what? Okay, wait, stop right there. Let me, this, we just, you know, over here on Wednesday night, we do the same thing on Sunday. We just teach the word. But uh, this ain't hard. You can see what the word is saying. Blessed is the man. I'm blessed. Do you trust God? Well, I'm working on you. Ain't blessed then. That ain't him. We not even talking about you. Oh, see, that's what happens. People start claiming half of the scripture. They get a hold of half of it. Tell me, I'm blessed. Of the, uh, but do you trust him? Well, you know, I'm working on. Uh, well, you ain't blessed. We're not talking about you. This is for somebody else. Turn me off. Come on, somebody. Go, go ahead and click on another channel. I'm not the one. I'm preaching to the people who want to do the whole word. I'm preaching to people who want to say that's what it says. I'm not going to find no shortcut in that word. And so he says, oh, taste and see. So in order for me to to know he's good, I got to taste him for myself. And I say, make it personal. I've been telling you guys, go to God, pray, pray in your own language, pray like you pray. You don't come up with some religious ritual or something. Just talk to God. Just go to him. Just the way you are. Say, Lord, listen, everything about you, he already knows it. So wouldn't it make good sense for you to just go ahead and be honest with him? Wouldn't it be good for you to just be like, Lord, I'm going to just be honest with you. He's going to say, yeah, you better be honest because I know it anyway. All that lying ain't doing nothing but fooling you because it surely ain't fooled me. That's why I say it's a waste of time for people to be talking about they with God and they not going 100. What's the point? Amen. And so, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed 
is the man that trusts in him. In order for me to be blessed, I got to trust him. And so this word blessed means empowered to succeed. So the one who trusts in him is empowered to succeed. Y'all in here with me. The one who trusts in him. Listen, I'm empowered to succeed in anything as long as I trust him. Don't matter what I'm going into. Come on, somebody. I mean, no, if I'm in India, I am blessed. I am empowered to succeed in a territory I know nothing about. But why is that? Because I trust in him. Trust in who? The one is good. And how do I know he's good? I taste it. I, I said, can't nobody tell me God ain't good. You know what I'm saying? Listen, when you really get a hold of this, can't nobody tell you any different. They want. That's why for me, I, I, I was I was just a little too rigid and a little too hard to change. I was just people trying to come with me. Uh, believe me, I'd heard a lot of negativity. I didn't heard it from some people that's supposed to be uh, spiritually strong. Well, get out of here with that. I don't believe it. Amen. As for me, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. All I expect to show up in my life is good. Amen. That's all I got coming to me. And guess what? God been showing up, showing out, showing up. Well, brother, you know, you got to be careful because, you know, that COVID out there is doing, it ain't doing it to me. I got no revelation of that. I got revelation of, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. You see how you could live a different way? But you got to be the one that's committed to it. You got to be the one that says, oh, that's a, listen, first of all, let me establish the fact that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, see, that's why a lot of people, they don't get strong with the promises because they're not keeping in 100. They're not, you know, see, you're not going to be able to stand out there in the, in the devil's face and say, I dare you to come up in here, man. You want this? You want to come get this? How I many know you're not about to do that if you're halfway with God? If you're halfway with God, you're hoping. And yeah. Sure, I hope this turns out. Pastor, I'm really just hoping for the best. Really? You come to me talking that, hoping for the best? I know you disobeying God. You are just a disobedient. You're just a rebel. I'm just hoping for the best. See, I already know. Your faith ain't working because your disobedience is handicapping your faith. Mm. Amen? Disobedience handicaps faith, man. And you cannot walk by faith and be in disobedience. You got to go 100 and then now you will walk by faith and not by sight. Your eyes will be open because you'll be looking through different lenses. You'll be talking about God is too good for me to fail. Ain't no way God's going to have me out here. Come on. How many know God, if he leads you in the desert and you're obeying, it's about to turn into a garden. Just keep trusting you ain't got to go search for rain. Rain is searching for you. <laughs> Come on, man. That's why Abraham was so confident. That's why Abraham said, Lot, you pick whatever you want. You go on, pick the best, man. Because Lot, uh, Abraham already knew when I show up, wherever I show up, heaven's abundance is being released. Why? Because I'm blessed. How do I get that blessing working like that? I got to trust God. I can't say I trust him. And now I'm doubting. Wait, hold on. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. 
You know what they call that in the world? Well, they used to. Now they, they're getting rid of everything. But that used to be uh, called uh, schizophrenia. You know, uh, a schizophrenia, it was a, uh, a mental disorder where people are one way and then they flip it. And you're like, wait, who was that? And then you start, they start talking about, well, you know, I got 35 personalities. Oh, come on, man. You got a lot of Christians that got 35 personalities. <laughs> they talking about they say, but they still got 35 personalities. Huh? Come on now. Something ain't right. That, that ain't right. Yeah, get that out. Amen. So blessed, empowered to succeed is the one that trusts in him. And so what does trust mean? Trust means to place confidence in. To place confidence in. See? If, if let's say even in ministry, you know, we got to, if, if somebody's serving, you know, I'm not one of these uh, micromanagers. And so if I got somebody serving in this church, let's say we got the meat, for example, the media team. Man, they could be putting up any kind of words on the screen. I wouldn't know what they said. They could be, if they, <laughs> wow, I didn't think about that. They could be putting like funny faces on my head. They could be putting up words I didn't say. Amen. But I'm going to place some confidence in them. Y'all in here with me. Right. But I, but I trust them. How many know I can trust them because I went back and looked at some videos and we don't we're doing all right. <laughs> I'm just giving you an example. See, if blessed is a man that trusts in him and, and that trust is to place confidence in. So we place confidence in people. Surely we ought to be able to place confidence in God. We ought to be able to place confidence in God. We ought to say, okay, I'm going to put that confidence in God. And then what you got to do is understand that this confidence is not a, a, a temporal emotion, you know? Sometimes you feel optimistic, right? Sometimes you feel more optimistic than others and stuff. My job as a pastor is to show you how to get out of that and stay consistent. And don't let your feelings, you know, have you going all up and down. But if I place confidence in God, then I should always keep that confidence in him unless... He proves me wrong. Unless he says, you shouldn't have trusted me. Come on. How many of y'all might start out trusting your kids when you're teaching them to drive? But if they mess around and do something crazy, you say, oh, no. I'm going to pull that trust back. But see, God never. When has he failed you? Come on. Go ahead and think about it. When has he failed you? When is he just flat out? Lied to you. So why would you never why would you change the fact that you have confidence in him? If he's never failed you, you should say, I had confidence in him back then, and I got confidence in him now. Why? Because he's still the same God. So go to Hebrews. Hebrews ten thirty five. Thirty five and thirty six in the NLT. So it says, so don't throw away this confident trust. You see this? So confident trust. I got confidence in God. And, you know, we've come to these places in our lives where he's been there for us and, and we've learned to develop. And we say, man, he really is good. Well, what God is saying here through his word is don't throw it away. Don't just all of a sudden, you know, that's like you're married, right? You've been married, you know, 30 some years or something like that. Or, you know, like the Kellys, they, 
I mean, 40 something. They just, you know, the, the veterans over there. But that's like all of a sudden they're going to wake up. Brother Eric wakes up and says, I don't trust you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold up, man. You can't just wake up and not trust me and we've been together 40 years. You see what I'm saying? So think about it. We cannot do that to God. But what happens is the devil shoots something at you and he tries to get you to look through the wrong lenses. And so now all of a sudden you're not looking at the credentials of your God. Now you're looking at the problems that are in front of you and the imaginations. Come on, somebody. And then fear steps in and it starts to stamp out your faith. And what is fear? False evidence appearing real. So you start to imagine, oh, this ain't going to work. This is, and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden God is like, did I change or something? I mean, did I, did I do something wrong to you? Amen. So it says, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. So this confident trust that I have in, in the Lord brings me a great reward. So he says, remember the great reward it brings you. Now, look at this. Patient endurance. Y'all in here with me. Remember, we looked at James where he says, let patience have a perfect work. You want to be entire wanting nothing. So it says patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do what? God's will. Well, what if we just said so that you will continue to do what you feel like? Huh? You don't listen. You don't know everything. And so what you want to do is you want to say, God, I only want your perfect will. I don't want, listen, I don't want to end up somewhere and find out you wanted me somewhere else. Oh, I I can't do that, Lord. I can't even endure that. So I need to be patient so that I will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. So let's back this up so we get the word always lets you know what you have to do and what you're going to get if you do it. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. So I I trusted him before. I'm going to trust him still. Amen. Come on. Look at your name and say, I still trust the Lord. Okay. Okay. So remember the great reward it brings you. That you trust in God that hadn't paid off for you before, huh? You you don't have some stuff turn out well for you because you decided to stick with God and trust him. Remember the great reward it brings you. What does it say? Patient endurance. So this endurance is stamina. And so you got to have some staying power. You got to have some endurance. It's just like going on a run. Sometimes you get on that run and then you're like, some of y'all talking about run? Ain't no, ain't no running going on. I'm just saying, if you do any form of exercise, amen, you start out on that thing. And then you don't, you're like, man, I'm ready to quit this. But then you have some endurance kick in. And that allows you to continue on. And so what he's saying here is patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue. I have to keep doing the will of God. I can't just do the will of God in one area. And then in another area, I'm doing my will. No, I have to continue. Nevertheless, 
That's what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't want to do it, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. How many of y'all would be willing to say that in your life? Come on. In everything, when you say, nevertheless, come on, let's practice that. Let's say that together. Say, nevertheless, nevertheless. not my will, but thy will be done. See? Now, how many know that's a better way for you to live because his will is the best? God's way is always the best. And then you'll receive all that he has promised. And so when you look at stuff like this, you start to understand that this gives me uh, something to fight with, something to stand on. So I'm not going to be looking for pity. I'm not going to even accept it from myself. So if you wake up in the morning and yourself, somehow, oh, man, you better do something about yourself. You better get up in there and say, oh, no, and put some water on your face and say, oh, you, we, listen, come on. How many of y'all know you could talk to yourself in the mirror? You're not scared to do that. You need to put that. You're looking. Look here, man. Ain't nobody playing with you today. We're not about to we're not about to do all this. Right. And then you can make yourself bow to God. Now, what we're about to do is get in this word. And the devil will try to give you every reason you can. You should not get in that word. But when you get in the word. It always changes you. You can't change it, but it's always going to change you. And you got to be one that's going to do it. And so when we have challenges. Or our faith is tested. How many know you're going to have challenges? So there are some uh, Christians maybe that say, hey, brother, all you need to do is give your heart to Jesus and everything is going to be great from here on out. How many know they lying? Oh, no, you're never going to have a problem. Oh, you're going to. Timothy wouldn't have said fight the good fight of faith if you wasn't never going to have a problem. There are going to be fiery darts shot at you. The enemy is going to try to knock you off course. He's going to try to get you to miss out on your promises. Well, when we have challenges, our faith or our faith is tested. We don't whine and complain. Oh, see. I know this makes me a little bit unpopular as a pastor. But see, I'm looking for some people that will celebrate in victory instead of just be defeated. I'm not looking for a bunch of people that just want to be defeated. Amen. I mean, you know, you don't really like talking to those people, right? When you call them. You know what I'm saying? I remember one of my cousins, man. I won't say her name, but I'm telling you, I used to call her and I'd be like, dang, man, that weight is so heavy. I'm just like, my, my ear is hurting from the weight. And uh, guess what happened? Ain't been too many calls <laughs> because you don't want that. And you don't want to be one that's like that. You don't want to be a person that's always pulling the optimism out of everything. There are people, believe it or not, in the church where you try to be positive and they got a yeah, but that is just pulling all you talking about. Oh, man. Oh, they say, what's wrong? I'm almost at the point of hopelessness after talking to you. I'm just ready to throw the towel in on everything. <laughs> people have the power to do that. So don't allow that. Hang up on those people. You get yourself connected to some people that have faith, that see that there's a positive change here. There's something good is going to happen. And so we don't whine and complain 
We search and stand. So this is, I'm giving y'all practical application before we close. When you run into a situation where your uh, faith is tested, or maybe you got some type of challenge, don't whine and complain. That's the, one of the first temptations that's going to come at you. Don't do it. Instead, search and stand. So what do I mean? We don't whine and complain. We search and stand. See, in order to get rid of old habits, you have to replace them with new habits. Habits just don't go away. Amen. Come on. They don't. That's why sometimes people stop smoking and start eating too much. Oh, I can't get amen up in here. They start gaining weight because, you know, they, they, they no, you got to replace it with a new habit. And so you got to get in this book. You got you don't just let the devil have any idle time. You say, listen, I'm not going to whine and complain. So what does that mean? I'm not just going to be quiet because how many know being quiet ain't going to work. I'm not going to whine and complain. Instead, I am going to search and stand. So what do I mean by search? I'm going to get in this book. Pastors up and then preaching about all these promises. So instead of me whining and complaining, so something is happening that don't look like it's working out for me or it's not going the way I thought. Wait, let me not whine and complain. Let me get over here and let me search and then what? Stand. So let me give me some word and I'm going to stand on it. Come on, somebody. Let me stand on the truth and then that's what I'm going to just let shape my outlook. So we don't whine and complain. We search and stand. So you get in that word and find the promises of God and stand on it. Go to Philippians, Philippians 2, 13 and 14 NLT. For God is working in you. You see that? How many of y'all know that? God's working in you right now. He's working in you, helping you to be prepared for even greater. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Because I could say something like don't whine and complain. Instead search and stand. And some of y'all could say. Oh I'm going to see that's easier said than done. Well I'm just giving you the word. The word right here says. God is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So it's not going to be you. It's going to be him in you working in you. And he's the one that's going to give you the power. To resist whining. And get in that book and search and stand. God's going to do it. As long as you be willing. To let him do what he's going to do. And then do everything. What's everything mean? Oh, no, this came no, pastor. No, because, you know, there's some things that, you know, what I'm saying me and my spouse, we got to argue about. I mean, that is what it is. We just got to argue about some things because, you know what I'm saying? Remember, that I think they came out with some books or something like that. Men are from Mars and women are Venus or some. Then they say some. I mean, no, you shouldn't have read that book. That was not from God. Amen. The Bible's talking about the two have become one. And then the world is talking about men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. But what if you took the word for the word? And it said, do everything without complaining. So what if you complain and you just had Philippians 2.14 on your mind? You was about to complain, but then you heard, do everything without complaining. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord, my bad. I'm just, I'm not going to complain about that. And then what if you started to argue, but then you had that on your mind? You was just about to argue. But they said, do everything. So what's everything mean? Because some people, they get along with their co-workers. But when it comes to their spouse, they're having issues. 
Come on. Or to get along with the spouse, then with the co-workers, having issues. But he says everything. So that means I'm not supposed to be arguing or complaining ever. Is, am I okay in saying that? Is that what, did you guys interpret that that way? Because I, I don't know if I'm being a little too literal with the word. But to me, it says ever. So if I ever catch myself complaining, what do I got to do? Hmm? Well, search and stand, that's good. But let me give you guys just a, a quick remedy to this. Repent. What do you mean, Pastor? All that complaining was sin. Why? Because you're violating the word. He said, don't do it, and you did it. So anything that is not a faith is sin. So let me repent of that, what? Complaining? Oh, see, the devil wants you to think all you got to do is repent of lust and uh, cussing and all that. How about, how many know complaining? Anything that is not a faith is sin. So I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. I repent of that complaining. See? Because you want to be in that situation where God can promote you. Now go to First uh, Thessalonians 5.18. I'm almost finished. In everything, what's everything mean? Everything. Dang. Are we in the right Bible? Is this, I'm, I'm, are we making this up or something? In everything, give thanks. Oh, gosh. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, let's look at this in the Amplified Classic. Thank God in everything, what's it say? No matter what the circumstances may be, hold on. Are you talking about somebody could lose their job? And God's talking about give thanks. What? Now, do you understand that God does not operate according to the world system? There is a higher way of living. There is a higher way of doing things that will bring us into a greater place of prosperity. The problem is people want kingdom prosperity, but they want to use the world's path to get there. You can't take the world's path to get to kingdom prosperity. You're going to have to understand how things flow in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, we don't complain. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. And so now I'm in Jesus and I understand this. And so what does this do? I'm not complaining. I'm giving thanks and everything. What's this doing? This positions you to prosper. This is a setup, man. This is such a setup. Just like give and it shall be given unto you. The world doesn't operate like that. They say take and you shall have. But the kingdom operates differently. And so no matter what the situation is, give thanks. Give that thanks unto God. And so what looks like a letdown could really be a setup. 
Oh, come on, y'all. I'm, I'm about to close this message, but I think somebody's about to step into their breakthrough season. How many know when you step into that breakthrough season, it's just good stuff happening one after the next. How many y'all ready to have blessing on blessing on blessing on blessing? It just, just, huh? Blessing on blessing. It's just flowing in your life. You got to be prepared for that season. It's got to be some things that have changed in you where you're not a murmurer or a complainer. Uh, you're a praiser. And so I'm going to thank God. And, and so what looks like a letdown could really be a setup. God setting you up for greater. Amen. God setting you up for greater. Go to Romans 8:28. We know God's going to work every single detail out. I got to make sure I give you this word. That way, when you leave here, maybe you had a lot of scriptures, but you'll know it came from God and not me. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor. So God is working with us. We are partnering with God on all the stuff that we do. All things work together and are fitting into a plan. For good and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. So that means it's all going to come together. It's just like somebody that knows how to cook real good. They put a little of this in there and they put all that and it just all comes together and tastes good. And that's what God is doing. He's working everything out for us. And so make sure your attitude is right. Make sure your attitude is right. I learned this from my pastor, but attitude brings latitude. And so if my attitude is low, I'm going to stay low. But if I got a positive attitude, I can rise. I can go above. Amen. Don't complain about what's not right. This is just instruction. I'm going to close out. I want to make sure you get these notes. Don't complain about what's not right. Praise him for what could be. Come on, somebody. Praise him for what could be. Don't be complaining about what's not right right now. How about you praise him for what could be? And then you start to position yourself and you start to reflect that way. Hold on. God could turn it all around. Come on, somebody. The situation I'm in right now could be totally changed in the morning. I could wake up tomorrow morning in a whole new season. I could wake up in what I was hoping to get. Oh, come on. What looked to be so far away, I could wake up in that. And then the Holy Ghost will say, I just want to remind you. Look where you're standing. See, where you're standing used to be a faraway land. Come on, somebody. But your faith has caused you to arrive up in that thing. Amen. And if you would just accept that as truth, you say, I'm not going to waste no time being down and out. Because God's got too many good things in store for me. And I'm telling you, this thing, the way this works, it can happen overnight. It could just happen just like that. You can go from one status to the next just like that. Things that looked like they were so far, so long in coming, bam, you'll be in it. But along the way, what did you do? Oh, I trust the God. I started working and see, sometimes God will allow circumstances or things like that to happen to reveal to you what's in you that you didn't know was there. And he has to purge you of some of that stuff. Amen. Close on this scripture. Isaiah 48, three. I have declared the former things from the beginning and they went forth out of my mouth. I showed them I did them what? Just like that. See, I did them suddenly. 
and they came to pass. God is getting ready to do some suddenlies for God's people. For those that are saying, Pastor, I'm following you and I'm listening to the whole word. I'm not just trying to tune in on the parts I want. I'm listening to the whole word because there might be some correction that needs to come on me. I'm okay with that. I'm ready to just go through the whole process. That's the ones that are set up for the then suddenly. Amen. Uh, All of a sudden, what looked like it was so far away, you have to be reminded by the Holy Ghost that you're actually standing in it. Now, why do you have to be reminded that you're standing in it? Because you have submitted to God's process. And so guess what? You've been praising so much that you didn't even know you wasn't even in your old mess no more. You didn't even know you was in a new season because all you've been doing the whole time is keeping that same attitude of praise. You've been keeping your mind on God. You've been uh, focusing on the greater things so much that you didn't even need to get in the new house to praise him. You already been praising him the whole time. And guess what God sees when he sees that? Oh, they're ready for more. Because now it's a lifestyle for them. Amen. Y'all believe it. Go ahead and clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We think that we're going to make a commitment. Uh, we're not looking to pity. We're not pitying ourselves. We're not... Uh, feeling sorry for ourselves uh, we're going to stand on the word and we're asking through the power of the Holy Ghost that you make all of your promises clear to us help us to be willing to search the Bible help us to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit help us to be willing to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord knowing that you will exalt us in due time I thank you Lord that breakthroughs are coming our way because of our steadfast commitment to you. Now maybe you're watching this right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know his arms are open to receive you. You may not know everything about this Christian life and all that, but he will show you. But it's going to take that level of surrender. You've just got to say yes to him. So church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. I want you to repeat it with us at home and just, hey, let's believe. Souls are coming in from all around the world. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God.